Trent for always faithfully setting this stuff up. Somebody asked me uh, this morning, how did I choose this topic? And um, I, I actually chose this topic over a month ago, and I kept, I kept looking at it. And as I had time, I would study, and it's, <clears throat> it's an area, <clears throat> excuse me, it's an area throughout my life that I constantly find myself coming to is this area of needing wisdom. And uh, you guys know I lead a, a large uh, a mission organization, and I tell you, there's times when we face different decisions. And, and I have to say, sometimes I think Solomon had it pretty easy with two women and uh, one baby, you know, and I thought, you know, some of this stuff that, right, some of the things that we get into in life, right, it's like, there just doesn't seem to be a good way to decide, you know, if we make this decision or that decision, you know, can somebody give me a good one? And uh, <clears throat> it's not always like that, of course, but um, constantly asking the Lord uh, for wisdom. And um, about, I think it was around 2015 or 16, our brother Charles uh, shared with us regarding Ecclesiastes. Remember, he's spoken and he he did an excellent job. He talked about the whole phrase, under the sun. I think it's mentioned about 29 times in Ecclesiastes. Is that right, Charles? Do you remember that? And by the way, I don't remember because I went back to the notes, so if you think, wow, I have a really good memory, I don't. Um, I just went back to his notes. and uh, But he did a good job of just taking us through Ecclesiastes and helping us to see that here was Solomon, who we know that prayed for wisdom, right? And uh, that, you know, God was so impressed that there, it says that there was never a, a man wiser. Thank you, Trent. No, no man wiser than Solomon. And yet it's kind of sad as we follow his life, right? Uh, he did begin to function much under the sun. In other words, that was his horizon. It didn't go vertical up to God. And uh, I don't want to, I just want to uh, mention that as uh, you know, I looked at this aspect of wisdom and how how we really need wisdom today. Um, we need uh, wisdom in raising our families. We need wisdom in decisions regarding issues in our personal lives, our relationship with each other, right? Uh, we run into issues and it's like, man, we need wisdom. Uh, in our work and professions, uh, the use of our resources, time, and money, sifting through all the information that we're fed through multiple mediums, right? We need wisdom, and we'll talk a little bit about that. And then choices just to live a life that is godly. Constantly, constantly we're asking you know, for direction, for wisdom. And, um, <clears throat> I'm sure you're keeping up with this term, deep fake. We've all heard that, right? Because this is really important. And, uh, you know, with the, I don't know if you saw the video. It was actually not on that long uh, last week, uh, but it was uh, Lewinsky, and uh, uh, basically he was telling his U uh, Ukrainian army to just put your arms down. Uh, we're going to surrender. Uh, go back to your families, and the whole thing was just deep fake. Uh, I bring that out because this need for wisdom today used to be like, well, if I see it, I'll believe it. But we can't do that anymore. They have these programs that are, they just go through piles of video uh, footage. Then what they do is they have a program that generates uh, what they want to say. 
grabbing all these different clips. And then they have another one that basically uh, pulls out all the discrepancies of anything that doesn't look real. Then it feeds it back to the, the other program that generates it, and it keeps going through that cycle until you really can't tell if this is real or not. You know, there's over 15,000 of those on the internet today. And uh, some of them I was like, man, that thing got me because I believed that. And come to find out, it was the whole thing was just, and that's only one aspect as we go through life that we need great care, great wisdom, right? And if anybody should walk in wisdom, it should be the believer. Uh, it should be the believer. And uh, we should be going through life not being tricked not being duped. We should know the times. We should know what's going on. And, uh, you know, God wants us to know that. And if you actually, uh, <clears throat> if you get on the different phone apps, uh, there's over 30, 40 deep fake videos you could actually download and then you can create your own stuff. And so uh, just a warning, social media, all of us are engaged with it. But it becomes more and more dangerous. And if you, you know, I'm going to get into all the implications of what, what is before us uh, that we have to take great care. And it's so just another aspect of wisdom. Um, <clears throat> Ephesians 5.15, it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. The contrast there. Uh, because the days are evil, therefore for do not be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And God wants us to know the will. I had the privilege of speaking to some of our Bible school students this week. You know, they're seeking God's will for their life. And I just shared with them, you know what? There's a lot that we get in, in the God's Word that helps us to understand what His will is. That God doesn't play the shell game and try to say, let's see if you can figure out what His will is, you know. Nope, you didn't get it. Let's try it again. That's not how God does. And uh, he doesn't hide. He doesn't try to make it mysterious. But he, he wants us to be clear on what his will is and what he's doing. Um, I love that word, a uh, uh, number of, of things in there. But it says, see then. In other words, he, God wants us to be intentional. And that word means that, uh, you know, it's like like walking. I don't know if you ever, I don't know how many hikers we have around in here, but if you ever hiked, I remember when Deb and I were doing training, we, you know, they kind of, they had the ladies do one kind of, I think they did canoeing or something, and us guys, we took a number of days and we did this hike, and I remember this long stretch, it was up in Canada, and it was just rocky, and I tell you what, it was so tiring, because everywhere you place your foot, you really had to pay attention. Because if you didn't, you'd twist your ankle or fall down or whatever. And so that's what this term really means is as we're walking through life, pay attention. You know, don't just kind of meander through and just bump into whatever. But it says, see them, be intentional, watch where you're placing your foot. And uh, <clears throat> and then he uses the, the term uh, circumspectly. In other words, very intentional and... Uh, <clears throat> It means to, again, to be cautious, not to only look, but to be cautious as well. And I just brought one aspect out regarding things that bombard us all day, all, the, all day, and uh, all the news, the headlines, the even kind of what we pass on to each other, you know, that we move slowly. We're really careful. I don't know how many times, and sometimes I'm like, 
when am I ever going to catch on? You know, the one that pleads his cause first with you, and we believe that, and then you start getting in and you're digging in and go, your donkey ears, I feel so stupid, like, you know. And, and yet, that's how we are, you know, the one that in, in Proverbs warns us, hey, be careful of the one that pleads his cause first, because you don't have all the story. Again, walking wisely, circumspectly, Know, be careful of what we're doing and what we're saying and the information that we pass on. So important. Um, <clears throat> uh, Colossians 4, 5 says, Walk in wisdom toward, towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. And then it goes on to say, be ready to give an answer, right? Same, the next verse. And that God wants us to be walking wisely. <clears throat> Job, we, we love the book of Job, right? And uh, so you have all these debates back and forth with what's called his friends, right? And, uh, and near the end of the book, you know, as Job in, in chapter 28, he's talking about all that man is able to do. It's impressive what man is able to do. I, you know, it's amazing when you look at what man today has done with the elements of the world and what he can do, right? I mean, that's impressive. And unfortunately, a lot of it is used for evil. and. Uh, but as Job goes through and he talks about, man, it's so impressive what man can do. But then he says, but where can wisdom be found? So here, here Job is. He's been scratching himself with broken pieces of pottery, right? Just because he's has diseased and, you know, he's been afflicted. And, and uh, he's trying to make sense out of life. And, uh, you know, different people are trying to give him counsel. And just none of it seems to be sticking the nail on the head for Job, right? And so he comes to this point, he says, but where can wisdom be found and where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its value, nor is it found in the land of the living. Uh, we probably all have felt that way, right? Is with all the foolishness. <clears throat> it says, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And in there you see three, ver uh, three words and I want us, as we talk about wisdom, I want us to also look at these words of knowledge and understanding, because we can kind of get confused and say, wait a minute, what is wisdom? There's knowledge, there's understanding, there's discernment. Like, how does this all fit? And I'm going to say sometimes it's hard to sort it out, uh, but we can take a look, right? And uh, as we look at these three terms, let's look at knowledge. So what is knowledge before we talk about wisdom? And it's translated from the Hebrew word dark, okay? And those with knowledge are able to collect, remember, and access information. I mean, they just, they know a lot of facts, right? And, and there's nothing wrong with that, all of us. All of us should be digging in, and we should be, we want to be knowledgeable, right? Um, <clears throat> but it's possible to have knowledge and still lack understanding and wisdom. Someone might have the facts, but they don't know what they mean or what to do next, okay? So just because somebody's knowledgeable, I remember years ago, a friend of mine, an older fella, and he was brilliant, okay? When I say brilliant, he knew a lot of stuff, okay? So he calls me up, and he had some solar heater things put on his roof, but he was having issues with leaks of his roof. So he said, can you come over and look at this? probably a lot of pokes from putting these panels up. And so I'm over there, I get a ladder, I'm on my hands and knees on looking at the roof, and I'm like, 
what in the world is this? I said, Terry, have you been up on this roof? He goes, yeah. I said, well, what did you have on your feet? Well, you said I was afraid of falling off, so I had my golf cleats on. I thought, seriously? <laughs> so here's a brilliant guy. Now, I'll hand it to you. I was cleaning my roof yesterday, okay, and I fell on my roof. I didn't fall off my roof, okay? But um, so I'll give that to Terry. At least he knew. He had some knowledge, right? This is dangerous being up here. And, but the thing is, his strategy, you know, he, he didn't know how to really apply it. And, uh, and so just an example there. We, you, you, you guys get, and we've all done the same thing, right? So, okay, then we move to understanding. And, and as I, you may have a different opinion on this, is uh, understanding to me and discernment. It's almost like the same thing. And uh, it's the ability to translate meaning from the fact, okay? Um, not a bad thing to recognize that the roof, you could fall off of it. I have two daughters in the medical field, and they're telling me, Dad, we see people your age in the hospital all the time, guys just like you that are on the roof. And, okay, I get that. Proverbs 3, 5, through seven, and probably most of us could quote that verse, right? It says, trust in the Lord and with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. We should pay attention to verse seven. Sometimes we have those first two, but it says, um, <clears throat> you know, don't be wise in your own eyes. And uh, I think it's so important. This is the thing that you and I need to recognize that I tell people it's like, Whenever we're looking, it's like we're looking through a knothole in a fence. We only have a certain perspective. We can't see the whole field. And so we depend on others to see the other perspective, right? And uh, that's why we shouldn't rely on our own wisdom. And I think the older you get, the danger is we think we have a lot of experience, and we defer to our experience instead of deferring to God's Word. You know, uh, let me wind back a little bit to Joshua chapter 9. And you'll remember the story of the Gibeonites, right? And they were Hivites. And, uh, you know, the, so Israel was going into the promised land after wandering 40 years in the desert. And uh, now Joshua, Moses is gone. Joshua's leading the men. We have the victory at Jericho, right? Big, big victory. Walls come down. And then we have AI, and major defeat, they come back, what in the world? And God says, hey, get up, they're sitting in a camp, you got to deal with that. And then the next thing in chapter 9 they get in is with the Gibeonites. So you talk about, here's, here's deep fake in three dimensions. So the Gibeonites, you know, you know the story, they were like, yeah, we know the alliance that's forming against Israel, but we're not going to take that chance, we got a better idea. Let's dress up like we've come from a long ways away. We're a nation out there that's so far away that we're not going to be a threat to Israel. So, you know, they got the, everything about them looked old. And they came in, and guess what? They, Joshua never consulted God. And we know from Deuteronomy 7 that the Hivites were actually included in God's warning. Say, look, I want you to destroy everybody. And actually, the Hivites were mentioned that I'll send hornets in to drive them out. And, uh, and, and within that context, they're actually, he, he, the people said, brand them as Hivites. And so you think they would have connected with that. 
but they never consulted God's word and they got duped. And I think a good warning for us, right? We must constantly consult God's word. It's not about how much life experience we have. And uh, sometimes I wish that, you know, we could process all the data that we have and then we have this problem and we can match it up with this data and this was the best decision. You know what? I've never seen any of that actually match because everyone's a little bit different. And everyone keeps us dependent on God. And we keep, and, and it's a good place to be, right? And because what God does over here, guess what? He wants to do something different over here. This may look exactly the same, but God wants to do it different over here. And so understanding then is uh, that ability um, to kind of take the knowledge, take the facts, and to be able to kind of sort it out, right? And uh, it's still not wisdom, but you're able to kind of sort it out. And uh, we do that a lot, right, as we're processing decisions that we have. to. I always, you know, if I'm traveling and I have, you know what, I have dreams about getting stuck in customs and visa issues. And uh, um, <clears throat> not sure why I went down on a rabbit trail, but, <laughs> but the ability to make judgment is that understanding and discernment. So let's look at uh, <clears throat> wisdom then. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Charles Spurgeon says this, wisdom is the right use of knowledge, okay? So you have knowledge, you have understanding. Uh, to know is not to be wise. We already talked about that, right? Uh, many men know a great deal and are all the greater fools for it. Lots of knowledge, impressive. Occasionally, I listen to different professors and listen to the worldview and that. And I'm, uh, last time I spoke, I, I, you know, we we talked a little bit, you know, just just about uh, you know the authority of God's word. You know, you listen to it and it's like impressive the amount of knowledge that they have. But you know what? It's foolish. It's foolish. And uh, many men know a great deal. Oh, I heard that part. For there is no fool so great a fool as a knowing fool but to know how to use knowledge of wisdom. So wisdom really is uh, knowing what to do next, given the understanding of the facts and the circumstances. And uh, the right use of knowledge at the right time. You know, every time, you, by the way, it's a privilege to be able to share the word because anybody that's up here, God takes you on a journey and kind of takes you deeper into this stuff. But how many times as we're, even with husband and wife, you're like, you know the facts and you, you know, you're, you're in an exchange with your wife and you think, okay, this is what I should say. I tell you, wisdom is most of the time not saying that because it's just not the time. <laughs> You've all been there, right? Like, and that happened to me a no, number of weeks and when I go, or a number of times this week and then after this, my wife's going to ask me, okay, where were all those times? I'm not going to tell her. <laughs> but you're just into something. You say, you know what? I, this is, I know this is probably, this is the truth and probably what should be said, but it just is not going to help the situation. So it's just better not to be said. And uh, we all face that. So just an example, it's not only the right use, but timing is so important as well to understand what that is. <clears throat> yeah, you guys can apply your own. So wisdom. Let's kind of go deeper into this aspect. So wisdom is 
Having godly wisdom means that we strive to see life from God's perspective and act accordingly. And, uh, you know, Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, at the end of chapter 4, first at the beginning, he says, you know what, don't lose heart. You know, we should not be losing heart. And then at the very end, he keeps bringing us back to an eternal perspective. And, uh, you know, that eternal perspective is really God's perspective. You know, don't get duped into just seeing, especially seeing what's just right around you. Uh, see beyond that into eternity. And we can only do that as as we're really seeking and we're looking towards Christ. So just... Um, Let's look at some verses here to help us understand. So what is this wisdom? The first mention of wisdom that we see is in Exodus 35, 31. And we know that that's when, you know, God had designed all the, the furniture pieces for the tabernacle. And every little detail was extremely important, right? And it wasn't like, okay, here's kind of a sketch on a, on a napkin. You know, you guys go ahead and kind of make this happen. Know every little detail, and it was important because it was all pointing to Christ, His person, and His work. And it was a reflection of things that were in heaven as well. And so it needed to be right, and it needed to be perfect. And so it says here that God filled certain tradesmen up with the Spirit of God and wisdom and understanding and knowledge and an all kind of work, all the different trades. It said that God gave wisdom. And uh, hope as we go through here that wisdom really isn't a neutral word. It's, it's really an action word. And uh, it's uh, something that we should, it's tangible. We should see it. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 4, 6. And you shall, okay, this is uh, his statues. They're referring to the statues given there. And you shall keep them and do them for this is your wisdom. Okay, so what is wisdom? Walking in the statutes and, and uh, the commandments of God. Um, this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of all nations, which shall hear all these statutes and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. See, when there's inconsistency, and sadly we see too much of it today, when we see inconsistency, of the things that we say and the truths that we say are, and it doesn't match up with their life. It doesn't produce that. The world looks on, and they don't see wisdom. They don't see understanding. They see a lot of hypocrisy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Job 28, 28, same chapter we read. And, he, and, and to man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. Okay, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Isaiah 33, 6. And he will be the security of your times and the strength of your salvation. Wisdom and knowledge. The fear of Jehovah is his treasure. So you start seeing things. Okay, what is wisdom here? James 3 in the New Testament, 3.13. Who is wise and knowing among you? Let him show his works. Do you see wisdom coupled with works? That uh, it's not like the Star Wars, or, I'm not a Star Wars guy, but who is it, Yoda? What is he, 900 years old? Uh, this little green, I don't know whatever they call him. But, uh, you know, he was like, okay, this is the guy that has all wisdom, right? And it's not like that at all, because it goes much, much deeper than that. It goes into the character, into the reflection. 
of who God is. <clears throat> let his uh, work, I'm sorry, let him show his works by his good conduct with meekness of wisdom. See a couple terms there regarding the wisdom. Proverbs 4, 7. Okay, wisdom is the principal thing. Here's the main thing. And of course, we know what Proverbs is one of the wisdom books, right? Wisdom is the main thing, all right? Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. We see wisdom, understanding, discernment. We also see knowledge in a number of those verses, too. So, okay, let's ask the question, uh, why does God want us to get wisdom? Why is it important for us to be wise? And I found this interesting as I went through. Let's just, I highlighted here, and I know you probably can't read it or it's too far away. I didn't want to make two or three slides. So I'll just read the highlights here, okay? Uh, Proverbs 1.33, get wisdom because you will dwell in safety. Proverbs 2.2, wisdom will extend your heart to understanding. Proverbs 2.6, Jehovah gives wisdom. So if he's giving wisdom, it must be really important. It's something that we should value. Proverbs 2.7, he lays up sound wisdom for the righteous, and he is a shield, okay? You see the, the, uh, the relationship there. 2.8, Proverbs 2.8, he guards, actually all these are Proverbs, uh, he guards the path of the justice and perver- uh, preserves our way. You know what? God wants us to walk in wisdom because he wants us to be fruitful. And you see that in these verses, you know. He doesn't want us bobbing through life like uh, a pinball machine, just kind of bumping into stuff. He wants us to be intentional. He wants us to avoid. He wants us to have abundant life. He doesn't want us to, you know, we don't have to learn by other people's, uh, you know, making our own mistakes. He's got the whole Old Testament and lots of the new where we could look and say, you know what, I see the life of Saul. I don't want to go that way. I see the life of all these kings of Israel, not one of them that followed after God, and only a handful of the king of Judah followed after God. I see, God lets us to see that. He lets us to see the life of David, and the life of David where he made good and bad decisions. We get to see all that. We don't have to do that. You know, we don't have to create our own mistakes to look. And that's where wisdom is saying, you don't have to go there. If you walk in wisdom, you could avoid those things. Um, <clears throat> wisdom will give you a life uh, to your soul and grace, and you'll not stumble. Think about that path, right? Um, <clears throat> Proverbs 3.26, uh, wisdom will be your confidence, and your foot will not be caught. I like that one. You're not going to not only trip, but you're not going to get derailed somewhere, okay? A wisdom will promote you and bring you honor. Wisdom will build your house. Wisdom will give you safety. Uh, You'll be praised according to your wisdom. Without wisdom, your purposes will be defeated. Uh, Wisdom is going to love your own soul, okay? You see that isn't it God in his grace that's given us wisdom for the benefit of our life as the journey that we take through life here? Uh, wisdom and by understanding uh, our house is established. Uh, I know the things that closest on our hearts as parents is we want our our families to be deeply rooted. We want them to count, right? 
the biggest prayer as we raise our children, that we want them to walk after God. <clears throat> so what's the key here? It says Proverbs 15.33, it says, The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. And uh, <clears throat> so we see there that uh, we have to start with the fear of the Lord, and we're going to look at that. Like, what does that actually mean, the fear of the Lord? Because that's what it says is the instruction of wisdom. And so if we don't have the fear of the Lord, uh, we're not going to get wisdom, right? I circle wisdom and humility because you see those two actually coupled together in a number of different verses. And uh, I think it's so important that if we are going to walk in wisdom, it means that we're also walking in humility as well. So let's look at the fear of the Lord. Okay, what is this? And it actually, I think most of my references, I'm sticking in Proverbs here. And it, it says here, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Okay, so if you're like, I don't know what the fear of the Lord looks like. So he's saying, look, this is what it looks like. Okay, and so you ask yourself, am I walking in the fear of the Lord? So do we hate evil? Do we hate pride, arrogance, uh, the evil way, and the deceitful tongue? The, the tongue that misleads, the, the tongue that tricks us, the media parts that are a bias that are trying to move us somewhere. You know what? We can have wisdom. And if we're careful not to jump on a bandwagon and say, wait a minute, you know, God help me to understand that. And don't be so quick to conclude. I get something and it's kind of what I want to hear. And so I'll jump on that. And I realize, you know what? So many people, I, you know, one of the hardest thing I did as I was, director over in Papua New Guinea as I was I would be called in to settle, settle disputes with nationals and conflicts and stuff. And it was so hard. And, and I tell you what, you get in those situations and uh, you can walk away thinking, oh, I think we, we finally drove a stake in this thing. And then you realize all that happened was they told you what you wanted to hear. Uh, you know what? I learned to go really slow. And PNG, Papua New Guinea culture, I learned, you know what, it's kind of who can fatigue who first. You drag it out. You never say no. Just say, you know what, that's really important. I need to go home and think about that. You know, give it a few months, and then you come back again. And invariably, they would be, forget it, you know. And it's like, yeah. It goes in remission, and it comes back up, though. Okay, let's look. Okay, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Okay, so if you want wisdom, this is where you have, this is your first step. You have to start right here. The fear of the Lord prolongs our days. Again, you see God's grace. You know, you look at, I have uh, friends that have lived very short lives because of the decisions that they've made. And it doesn't have to be like that. God wants us to go through life. It doesn't mean that you know, there's prosperity, and we're always going to have good health, and we're always going to live till 80 or 90 plus. It doesn't mean that, but we can live fruitful life, and we don't have to shorten our life. I believe all of our days are numbered, but I do believe that we can shorten that. You know, fear of the Lord is a strong confidence, our strong confidence and refuge for your children. What a promise to hang on to. It's a fountain of life. It's the instruction of wisdom as we look. It tends to life and shall abide satisfied. So let's talk about this phrase, the fear of the Lord. What does it actually mean? 
and uh, we'll look at some different scriptures, but it's a spirit of reverence, okay? It, it's not a phobia, okay? It's not like, ooh, I'm, I'm afraid of the Lord, I'm going to have, it's not like the Mount uh, Sinai uh, interaction with God to where, you know, God went to, uh, came down on Mount Sinai and Israel like, Moses, you go up, we're afraid, uh, we're not going up there. Mind you, the aspect of respect, nothing wrong with that, but the fear here is more of a reverence, and we're going to see that. It's a reverence, and it's understanding, if I can say it's understanding our place, okay, our place of humility within that reverence. And so the fear of the Lord, it relates to trust, humility, teachability, servanthood, responsiveness, gratitude, and reliance. What the fear of the Lord is, and that's where wisdom has to start, and it brings everything in perspective when we're we're um, you know we're in that relationship and we understand. And you see that it's exactly the opposite of autonomy. That's what's so precious about this assembly and the body of Christ. Like I said, we all looking through just one perspective. I don't know how. It doesn't matter how old you are. We still only can see so much, and that's why we need each other. And uh, you know, that's why we function even in the assembly, in the body of Christ, with plurality, right? We have a plural. We have a number of elders here, and there's safety in that. There's safety because, like, it's dangerous when we start trusting ourselves. And, uh, you know, I think of the paths that I could have lord, uh, led the organization down, and, you know, I was so sure at the time that would be the best thing. But then as we kind of work within a team and realize, I'm glad, God, that would not have been a good idea. All of our ideals are good ideas, right? <laughs> but then as we process through and God allows us, he brings us together. He doesn't just allow men to just operate and function on their own because we need the balance. And the arrogance here, too, I think we mentioned humility and wisdom often go together. I love the portion, and, and a good example of this is 1 Kings chapter 17. And you remember the story of you have Elijah coming on a scene. And chapter 16, we don't, we, we, he comes out of the mountains. We don't have a lot of knowledge of who is this guy. And he comes before King Ahab, and uh, King Ahab could have easily said, off with his head. Right? And uh, he was a wicked king. And God said, you know what, I want you to, to go to Ahab, and I want you to tell him that there's going to be a major drought. If you look at how, how Elijah unpacked his message, um, i got to read it here. You know what, for time's sake, I, I, I have it up here. He comes before Ahab, and his message is very concise. I like that. Now, it wasn't uh, some of the thousands of pages that we see get submitted to the uh, whoever can go through all that stuff. But Elijah was right to the point, and he stands before this king, and uh, he, he says three things. You could go and do your study of 1 Kings 17. He says, as the Lord God of Israel lives. In other words, there is an authority. There is authority above every one of us. And then he says, before whom I stand. There's ownership and accountability, and Elijah, Elijah clearly recognized that. And he could have had a fear standing before this king who could have made a decision to do anything he wanted to Elijah, and, uh, but it didn't matter because he recognized there is a God that created and put us all here, 
And you know what? There is an authority, and you and I function underneath that authority. That is walking in Jehovah, the fear of God, as we understand, you know what? I'm accountable, and I don't function on my own. And, uh, <clears throat> and then he says that there shall be uh, uh, neither dew or rain, and then he's off the scene. Now, he didn't take that and just pick it out of the hat and say, hmm, I wonder what a good thing would be to tell Ahab. None of us like a drought. Let's use that. No, back in Deuteronomy, God said, listen, if you guys go wayward and you read against me, he's, in, in Deuteronomy, he says the sky is going to turn like bronze and there will be no rain. And so Elijah was basing what God had said off of God's word. It always comes back to God's word. <clears throat> in uh, Psalms 86.11, I love the, if you've never studied the life of David, you should study the life of David. Years ago, I spent a couple years actually just studying the life of David. There's so much to learn through his life. But in Psalms 86, 11, the whole psalm is really good. But this one verse, he says, And David cried out to God, Teach me your way, O Lord. See, that, that's walking in wisdom right there. How do we walk in wisdom? What is the fear of God that we allow God? Remember, teachability. God, teach me your way, and I will walk in truth. And then he says, give me an undivided heart. I don't know what your translation, there's a lot of different ways that they express that. You know, I'll have joy in your name. I'll, uh, I'll be united. Um, I like this, this one here, is uh, give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. And uh, the the idea here is that of union, and this is accomplished in the heart when there is no, uh, there is one ruling object before my mind, which nothing else is allowed to interfere with. See, that's a united heart. In other words, it's you know, it, it's not our hearts aren't drawn to different values. It doesn't play with the world for a little while, and then it comes back and it plays, you know, uh, but. David is saying, man, God, help my heart to be united. Help everything in my heart to be focused on you, to learn how to walk in your ways. That's what David is expressing here. <clears throat> Here's a good one here. and I, Many of us have looked at this passage, Isaiah 11, 1 through 3, and I want to read it. It says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Okay, we know who that's talking about, right? It's talking about the coming of Christ. And, uh, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, this coming Messiah. Okay, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, and the Spirit of knowledge. And look at that last one the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And you know what? I've always missed that one. I want the wisdom. I want the understanding. I want, but I've never really paid attention to, it's interesting that this is a characteristic of Christ through the Holy Spirit in Christ's life. And, and I tell you what, when we talk about the, the, uh, the humanity of Christ, and what a, what a key point right here. And when we talk about and we look at the life of Christ, and Christ in John chapter 5, verse 30, he says, you know what? Uh, I make no judgments on my own, that I act according to God's will, my Father's will. Chapter 6, verse 38, he says it again. He says, I never, 
my will is not important. I act according to the Father's will. And uh, you know what? I think the basis is the fear, the reverence of the Father that Christ had. He gave us the example. Total dependence. He never acted independent of the Father. See, that is wisdom. Where does wisdom start? In the fear of the Lord. Giving God his proper place. If we don't give God his proper place, really, we're left to foolishness. And how much of that do we see today? And, and we're like, wow, why is all this happening? You know, we can bring it back down to the, you know, when we sideline God and he leaves us to our own devices, it's foolishness, right? <clears throat> I'll close with this last verse here, James 3, uh, 13 to 18. We all know it. Uh, who is a wise man and, <clears throat> and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out, see there it is, wisdom has to show out, right? Let him show out a good conversation, uh, his work with meekness of wisdom. There's that uh, kind of meekness, humility, uh, wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strive in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but earthly, sensual, and devilish. For wherever... Uh, where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Okay, but the wisdom, how do we, how do we recognize wisdom, okay? But the wisdom that is for above is first pure. In other words, there, you can match it with the righteousness of God. It's peaceable. It's gentle. I love that term right there. Because that word gentle, it means you're easily entreated. Uh, you're controlling yourself when you're provoked. Okay, that's what gentleness means. And uh, you're not reactive and uh, easily entreated. I love that one as well. Uh, people can easily come to you. They know that you're not going to be, you know, uh, very defensive. You know, something I think it's important that we continue to practice as a body of Christ is, and when you see something in my life that you can have liberty to come to me and say, you know what, I saw this. I'm not sure how to interpret it, but this is kind of what it looked like to me. And see, the onus is on me to be easily entreated, you know, where people can say, you know what, okay. Um, and usually when I have to go to somebody, I will say, you know what, number one, I'm not sure if I have this right, but this is what it seems. And the second thing is, I'm not expecting you to respond right now. Uh, just as a brother, I just feel like, man, I, I just want to say this to you. I'm content to leave it with you, content that you'll walk according to God's word and his Holy Spirit, and just examine, could it be something here? I don't know. And, uh, but that, that's easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, full of partiality, without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make Okay, we have the tremendous promise in James 1 as we ask for wisdom that God gives it generously. What a tremendous promise. Start with the fear of God. Start with our proper place, uh, our condition of our heart. And we ask for wisdom because you know what? God wants us to walk through life and be fruitful. And he wants to protect us from the stupid mistakes that we're inclined to fall into too easily. Pray, Lord, thank you for the privilege of sharing your word. Lord, every one of us, Lord, that uh, as we represent you, that we would represent 
uh, these characteristics of wisdom is about. Lord, that we would be careful. Now, those are sometimes the first place that uh, humility, wisdom is manifested, that we would be careful. Thank you so much for continued ministry of the Holy Spirit that can 